never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead, you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. It's all interpretation. Oh my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. It's hard to find if it's more than a place, it's a state of my That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. Well, it is the Mark and Mac show, the podcast version, taking a look at the 2024 election. And something really weird happened over the weekend, Mark. Again? Yeah. <laughs> Shane Gillis is a comedian who had signed on as a, a cast member of Saturday Night Live five years ago in 2019. Yeah. The weird part is that 2019 was five years ago. It right, doesn't yeah. seem like it was that long. Yeah. That was the year of COVID, man. Remember? I know. I Holy know. moly. And it's, uh, anyway, so uh, he was fired because he had said something on a podcast, you know, that he does. And it's like anything that you've ever said in your lifetime, if you're a comedian, apparently, and if you're a politician, but if they want to use it against you, anything you've ever said or done in your lifetime is fair game. Right. And yeah. and Shane Gellis had said a number of things that because he thought they were funny. I'll give you an example. In one of the things that he did that they that he, they took offense at, it was um, he d- did a bit about Chinese uh, Chinatown. And in it, instead of saying he was, it did an imitation of a Chinese man voice, you know, mm-hmm. and instead of saying noodle, he said neuter. Oh, no. You have a neuter. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that, yeah. that was it. That was the offensive Asian thing. There were other right. offensive things as well. But um, okay. yeah, it's fa- fascinating how the left turns on people, you know, mm. over something like that. That even in context as a joke, you know, you can't be joke. You can't joke because everybody takes everything to heart. And, and it's just nobody. Everybody was their feelings on their sleeve. And it's just crazy. You know, when uh, the movie Tommy Boy. Uh, a throwaway line by uh, actor Chris Farley was, "Ah, oh, I'm retarded. Yeah, yeah. It is something that I said at the yeah. time. I didn't think anything of it until somebody reamed me over them being, you know, they had a retarded child. Yeah. And it never hit me like that. I, I didn't mean any offense by it. It was just something you say when you do something not right, you know, and uh, and I tried to stop using it. Um, it was worse when the hangover came out and they changed it from, you know, I'm retarded to retard, you mm-hmm. know, and, and put the emphasis on the first retard. Yeah. Yeah. That that was in 2009, I guess. So I had taken grief for it for over 12 years at that point, And they're still doing it in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's okay for them, but not for me. That's kind of how I was going with it. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Shane Killis hosts SNL over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought him back as a host. And it's kind of funny because five years after he's fired before the first episode of his first season airs, uh, he's, you know, hosting. Hmm. And I thought, I still don't know who this cat is, you know? Yeah. You know, See, neither SNL, do I. <laughs> no, SNL used to have, you know, people on there that weren't necessarily comedians. They had, they had Ralph Nader 
hosted yeah. the show one time, you know? Yeah. And since the, I don't know, I don't know how many long they've done it. To be honest with you, as soon as it went political and became not funny political, I just, I have just like, it's like Major League Baseball in the NFL. I just yeah. find limited interest. I love baseball, but after the steroid garbage, I couldn't watch, yeah. you know? And when it became one-sided is when yeah. it became unfunny. Right. right. When they, when That's they exactly were, it, Mark, you're right. it was, they were an e- equal opportunity lampooners mm-hmm. is what they were. Yeah. And then it would became one-sided. Right. And it was all about how it was all, all about evil Republicans and evil, you know, and how the, the right was on the, on the wrong side of everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you were, if you were conservative, then you were the butt of the joke. Well, and, you know, it's funny. They did it on, uh, that uh, show with the women, um, the hate men and Paul and conservatives, the view, <laughs> the view, they, they were talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and they said, well, you yeah. know, he was a Republican before they went, before they went crazy uh-huh. and became racist, homophobic, not, you know, and you're like, what, how do you people sleep at night? Really? You, this is slander. On piles of money. <laughs> yeah, now you're into slander here, you know, yeah. libel is yeah. saying something, you know, to be untrue. I mean, writing it down in, in print, in print. So, you know, something you know to be untrue. Slander is saying something you know is untrue yeah. and saying it as truth. And if somebody were to say that out loud, I'd have to go, okay, show me where. Show me where. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you were lying and you know you're lying. In right. which case, you now, you know what? I want you to give me your money and I'm going <laughs> to distribute it to the poor. Okay. Now, they'll be the poor of my choosing. Uh, they won't be the poor who got into El Paso, Texas in September 8th of uh, 2022. And a week later were bused to New York city where they were given food and lodging for weeks. And then ended up coming to Georgia and murdering a college co-ed because she was out for yeah. a jog. I, I won't be, uh, giving it to them. Right. Yeah. I guess yeah. indirectly I will. They'll take it out of my paycheck to pay for the prisons that they put yeah. them in yeah. instead of deporting them yeah. at the border when they have a chance. Mm. And that's Pasco. something that everybody should remember is that the, Everything, every dime they spend to move these people around, to to give them their uh, their cash cards, their yep. their debit cards, and their phones, and yep. to put them up in hotel rooms, every dime of that, every penny of that, you are paying for. Mm-hmm. It comes from it. the people. The yep. government has no money of its own. No, it doesn't. How no. nuts is that? And so they take from the poor and give to the other poor, and you and I end up. <laughs> Wondering how come I'm whenever I'm standing and buying groceries, you know, and I see the person in front of me is buying name brand everything and a lot better meat than I bought and they whip out the card to pay for it, you know, and they swipe it just like I do. And I get a glance. I'm like, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? What kind of card Mm -hmm. is that? Ah, okay. So I'm paying for yours too. Okay. Yeah. Don't begrudge anybody that needs help. I really don't, but it's a lifestyle choice for far too many people. That's true. If it shouldn't be like that's the reason those programs exist because the Americans have a heart of compassion. Yep. We, we want to help those among us who need help. The problem is that government eventually realizes at some point realizes that the more people they help, the more people vote for them. So (laughs) they buy votes by, by funding these programs with our money. That's exactly what they're doing. And the long game for what's happening on the border, they're buying votes. That's yeah. what they're doing. So that's why they're doing it. If you ever have any question about why government does anything, just stop yourself from over-examining things and remember they're buying votes. That's what they're <laughs> there doing. You go. <laughs> so let's look at today. Now, in, this, in the land in which we live, this wonderful uh, 
uh, I was going to say, you know, it used to be such a melting pot. Remember that when we were all yeah. proud of where we came from, but also, yeah. you know, doubly proud of being an American where mm-hmm. I remember my next door neighbors in Southern California when we were very poor. Uh, my mom was a divorced mother with two boys <laughs> in the sixties. Wow. A great way to live. Yeah. And, uh, we were the only, uh, not, we were the only white people in our neighborhood. I, I'm surprised they didn't call us Casper, you know, but <laughs> the, uh, I remember the neighbors that we had, uh, Kenny Lopez uh, family. Um, his dad was a doctor in Mexico, but they, he brought his family here to live a better life. And he was working as a janitor and something else. He had two jobs while he worked to get his medical license uh, yeah. here in the U.S. And, um, it, it, you know, but they, they took pride in what they were going through to be here. They were here legally and they, they did not have, they did not like people who came here illegally. They didn't like people who broke the law to get here. They came here legally. They did it the right way. And they were trying to work their way into society. They spoke Spanish inside the home because they had a mother-in-law. I think it was, uh, you know, like it was Kenny's grandma and she didn't speak English. So inside the home, they spoke Spanish for her behalf, but none of the children were allowed to speak Spanish outside the home. They were allowed to speak English. And it was like a rule. And I've, I've kind of used that as my barometer on immigration yeah. uh, and that and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is possible. Yeah. It is possible to immigrate the right way to this country and be successful. Uh, yeah. Again, the dude could not pronounce the name of the state he was governor of, you know, <laughs> yeah, California. I, know. I never yeah. called California cauliflower, but yeah. he does. And he, <laughs> he can run it. Right. Right. So, there you have it. It can well, be my, done. And it has been done. My wife works with the public every day. Um, and, uh, she takes people's money at a car dealership for their car repairs and for parts and things like that. And she comes home probably about once a week and tells me stories of people who come in and bring their children as their interpreters. Yeah. Because they can't speak English. Right. Or, or they don't speak it well enough to actually go through that transaction process. Right. right. And so she's talking to some child mm-hmm. about, you know, about this is how much, this is how much this bill is. And the child's right. translating for the parents, you know, it's just, and it happens on a regular yeah. basis. Right. And, and this is, this is, I mean, and this is not in a big city. This is on the outskirts of Birmingham, Alabama. Right. right? Yeah. So it's this, interesting. We don't have everywhere. an official language. Whenever people suggest that we need to speak English, speak American, man, well, we don't have an official language. That's why the driver's yeah. license test in Alabama has 67 languages on it. And I'm thinking the road <laughs> yeah. signs are all in one. The road signs are all in one language. Now, yeah. if you really want to mess with somebody, go in with sunglasses to the driver's license office. And when they ask you what language you want it in, say Braille, see what they yeah. say, you know? <laughs> all right. Well, why not? They've got yeah. Braille at the ATM. I know. <laughs> the drive up ATM has Braille yeah. on it. Think about wow. that. I know. <laughs> Crazy time, man. All right. Nikki Haley. Is yep. still in the race, which I'm yep. a graduate. She started off running. She she is in the race because what if what if between now and the election, Donald Trump can't be the next president? Yep. Well, she stayed the course. She'll be the choice. Yep. I, this is coming from FoxNews.com. Despite a dismal primary performance in her own home state of South Carolina, the former U.N. ambassador is making good on her promise to stay in the GOP presidential primary race and is placing her bets on next month's Super Tuesday contests when 15 states, or just a third of all delegates, are up for grabs. Uh, she says, America will come apart if we make the wrong choices. This has never been about me or my political future. We need to beat Joe Biden in November. 
I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. That's what she told a crowd of supporters gathered at her election night watch party in Charleston, South Carolina, Saturday. Haley now heads to Michigan, where GOP primary voters will have their say next Tuesday. But with less than a third of the state's 55 delegates at stake, the rest will be determined at 13 congressional district meetings scheduled to be held on March 2nd. With little polling or what little polling has been done suggests Trump could hold a strong lead in the state. But regardless of that outcome, Haley's campaign appears to appear set to make Super Tuesday the final stand against Trump's juggernaut status in the Republican Party. On that day, March 5th, voters in Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont and Virginia will all head to the polls to decide between Trump and Haley. And they will decide for Trump because right. this is the way this has been going. She got 40% of the vote. He got 60% of the vote. And I'm seeing little threads of stories this morning that are examining the actual breakdown. And there were a lot of Democrats that voted in that. Primary oh, yeah. That didn't vote that didn't vote in the Democrat primary. And they hung on. And, and because they didn't vote in the Democrat primary, they could vote in the Republican primary. So they voted against Trump. Wow. And that's where a lot of her 40% came from. <laughs> And there you have it. It's still yeah. interesting. Uh, I don't, again, don't, I don't dislike Nikki Haley. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of like Tim Scott, you yeah. know, it, it's not that I hate her. I just really like him. And yeah. I don't know if I really do. I, I don't know how I feel about Donald Trump. I just know this. I don't like what the liberals have done to our country. I don't like what they've done to our political system. I don't like any of it. And he seems to be the thorn in their side. So I can't really get past that. And I don't feel like there's going to be, as long as he's on the ballot, he's going to win from the Republican side of things. I think the only way the Democrats win is by cheating. We watched him do it in 2012. Uh, They tried in 2016 and failed. They won in, they did it in 2020, not by winning at the vote. I just don't believe they won. I believe there's more of us than there are of them kind of thing. It's that, Oh, definitely. uh, You know, very silent. Uh, yeah. we're a very quiet group of people who don't necessarily want to vote for Donald Trump. It's just, there's not a better option. Mm. And he does the things that really upset people about him really goes back to arguing with women and using derogatory terms to define them. I have no problem with that. Look, yeah. man, if Rosie, o- if Rosie O'Donnell says something <laughs> negative about you, about your personality, your hygiene, your, and she does, Mm-hmm. then you should be able to say anything you want back at her in defense or take the high road and don't say anything. If you're a public figure and you take the high road, uh, other people will pile on and they mm-hmm. use Rosie as the reason. Next thing you know, you've got 20 Rosie O people doing this, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't let one do it because he knows if there's, he'll stand up to one and he does it and people think it's petty. I do think it's beneath him a lot of the time, but he does it. And that that is really bothersome to some people. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. It's just not the way I would do it. But right. I'm not in politics either, Mark. And yeah. you know, taking the high road, not pointing out that like Donald Trump was they they said he somebody said he had filed for bankruptcy several times. I think it was Rosie. And he turned and said, No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I've had businesses that have filed, but I haven't. I have never filed for bankruptcy. Right. And he was telling the truth. And there is a difference, you know, there's yeah, a difference there is, in a lot yeah. of things. But the game I think bashing him over some decisions that he's made in business. I will tell you that when I don't want anybody to go through bankruptcy, it's horrible. Bankruptcy is a a tough thing to deal with, but sometimes it's the only way anybody's getting any money back 
out of a business. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Donald has had a few businesses that went belly up for various reasons. Uh, when he had to take the whole corporation and refile, if you remember back in the early nineties or mid nineties, um, you know, he had, he had leverage, he had borrowed. I mean, yeah. we're talking huge sums of money and was building these huge things. So he looked at all the things he had and he sold off a couple properties that they had a real big upside. If, okay, big upside, if everything goes right and you can grab the unicorn riding with, you know, with a leprechaun on top. This is going to be a great deal. And he sold that bill of goods to the bankers. And so he unloaded some of those properties and didn't give up. He didn't give up his real uh, properties that had a real big upside. He right. gave up some that had a possible big upside and yeah. was able to get them off his balance sheet clearly. And they were, they were things that were going to take millions and millions of dollars for a number of years before they were going to even seem profitable. More than so he, he was willing to invest. Yes. Yeah. He, and he, yeah, he got rid of those properties and he got it. He got, he got everything squared away and moved on. I think that to me was, it was smart. And I don't like the fact that small business owners in Atlantic city, New Jersey lost money on the Trump Taj Mahal project. I don't like that at all, but you know what? They don't complain when other people do the exact same thing in business to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's because he's so high profile. I mean, he's, everybody knows him. Everybody recognizes him. I mean, for Pete's sake, he had a cameo at home alone too. Come on people. You oh, know, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, when you look at it, Mark, when, um, he started licensing his brand, his name, uh, he was, you know, there's Donald Trump name on buildings all over the, all over the globe. That he mm -hmm. has very little, if nothing, to do with. They just paid for his name, and he yeah. he actually is paid to put his name on a building. Yeah, you know? hey man, if if somebody wants to pay me to do that, as long as it's not you know Carlos and Charlie's in Aruba, okay, you know <laughs> I'm okay with that. How yeah. much you got? <laughs> yeah, but when you embrace the wrong politics, then suddenly. Right. You doing the same kind of business that everybody else does, you're toxic. Yep. And that's what's going on in New York right now is they're doing everything they can to do as much damage as possible. And you know, what's funny is that he could, he could really realistically just pull the plug on everything and walk away from New York. He just yeah. could. But the point is what they're doing to him is not right. And the only reason they're doing it to him is to damage him in, on the reputation level to make, to be able for all of their pundits to be able to say, when it comes down to just him and Joe Biden, to be able to say, do you really want to vote for a felon? That's what they want, right? right. <laughs> That's what they want. Even though people who are informed realize all of that is just, is, is as, as Colonel Potter would say, mule muffins. That's what all that is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my frustration, Mark, is that I just remember impeach 45, impeach yeah. 45. From the very think, beginning. Yeah. Yep. And that's just, the, it, that's just when we game over, you know, SNL doing the crying jag about Hillary, you know, that whole nine. I'm like, I hope people have opened their eyes to what the Democrats have done to our country and what they're willing to do to an American citizen. Again, regardless of being president or reform, look at what they've done to Trump since leaving office. They have attacked oh, yeah. him on political levels, on all politics. And I'll tell you, if they can do it to him, they can do it to you. Yeah. And it might not happen on a national scale. We might never hear of it. But go stand up at your next town hall meeting when you don't like something and watch him come after you if you're yeah. the wrong type.
Yeah. That's what scares me, Mark. And, and that is happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening at your, your town hall meetings. It's happening at uh, the school meetings, you yep. know, the school board meetings when, right. when parents stand up and say, Hey, I don't want this in the library. I don't care if you just say it's for older students, or I don't right. care if you say, you know, that my kids are not getting to it. It's still there. It's still on the shelf. My kid can still walk in and pick it up. And it's my decision. Mm-hmm. In my home, in my family, to tell my kids about this stuff, not yours. I think they don't have to go to the library. They go right in the kindergarten classroom to hear about gender assignment surgery. This is true, yeah, because you have some very disturbed people who Jeez. are teaching our How children. How disturbed today. are you, Mark, when you say that? Yeah. I remember when Obama, you know, made that comment yeah. and standing yeah. in front of the Planned Parenthood thing. Yeah, Mitt Romney says Barack Obama wants to teach sex education to kindergartners, and everybody laughed. Ha ha ha! He's so stupid. And he goes, but it's the right thing to do. And what are they doing? They're teaching sex education. They're not even teaching such a sex education. They're teaching the crazy end of gender yeah. stuff Fantasy. that yeah. I don't even understand some of what they're trying to say. You know yeah. what? They're, if you say today, there are two genders, there's male and female. You're not assigned a gender at birth. You're born and you yeah. are what you are. Those are basic facts of humanity, of biology. These yeah. are biological scientific facts. That's it. You, these are not even debatable. Yeah. I mean, in reality, but we actually have academics, okay, political academics that are arguing over these basic facts mm-hmm. of biology. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you are not assigned a gender at birth. No, you are born and you come into being, and you are. Mm-hmm. There is no assignment. No person yeah. tells the doctor does not pull you out and say, hey. You know what? I've had, I've had too many boys today. Slap! Pull this off. He's a girl. Right. Yeah. You know what's interesting to me is that everyone preaching this gospel of gender confusion had a mother and a father. <laughs> Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200 mile per hour cordless sleep blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle? Snuggle. Snuggle. I am so out of here. Wait. Come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. Well, still trying to figure out, Mark, how we got where we are today. And I remember the movie Future Shock that was shown to me. I think I was in ninth grade. It was junior high school, you know. And it was a movie done in the early 70s. And it was called future shock and it was here are the things that are going to come i think it was narrated by orson wells maybe you know Hmm. Uh, but anyway in that movie and a lot of interesting things um because it was coming on the heels of the 60s where uh people were trying communal living you know and and things like that that i always tell you look communal living has been going on for a long time a lot of societies are born out of that concept but that breaks down fairly quickly because communal living doesn't work there's always going to be a third of the people who will do exactly what they say they're going to do and not more, not less, but not more. 
There's a third of the people who are high achieving and they're going to do everything they agreed to do and more. And they want everybody else to come with them and do more, you know, to achieve more, to be bigger and all that. And there's the bottom third. They don't want to get them to go to work today because their tummy hurts. So, mm. and the people in the middle are like, well, that's okay. You know, Tommy, he's a little sore today. You know, he'll make it up tomorrow. But the one, the top third are going, no, Tommy is, you're, you're, get off your butt and get out here. My stomach hurts too, daggone it, but you can get out here and pull weeds with me, you know? And that's the battleground. But we are a nation of thirds, and that's how we, that's how a communal living breaks down every time. That's what happened to Jamestown. That's how Jamestown, the first settlement in the U.S., yeah. fell apart because of that. And if you look at that as a nation of thirds, apply it to politics and look at what we really have. Wow. And but if you know the story of Jamestown, you know that socialism already failed in the United States. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they tried it, it right away, but well, eh, you it didn't know, work. People died. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hosea, uh, Jose Antonio uh, Ibarra, who murdered, uh, allegedly murdered uh, an American college student at UGA, Athens, Georgia, last yeah. week. Um, he came here from Venezuela mm. and he entered in El Paso, Texas, Mark. And he was, he and uh, this woman, they were coached on uh, how best to gain asylum, what they needed to say at the border to get right. asylum. So they crossed at El Paso, Texas. And because there's overcrowding at the ICE detention centers, there's no place to put illegal aliens that cross illegally. Uh, so they came in, they said they were married, and they bust them to New York. They got here in a week later, bust them, put them on a bus to New York City, gave them food, lodging, and everything else. Set them up. Here you go. And they weren't married, okay? Mm. I mean, they, they were technically married, but they did it specifically to get asylum, you know, because if you're a married couple with a child, they would get you through the system quicker. And they did. It took them less than a couple of days and before they were on their way to New York city. And the reason I bring him up is because they are the Biden plan, you know, overload the country with people who are not supposed to be here. Now, yeah. Venezuelans are not allowed back in their country. Venezuela is in such horrible shape right now when their people leave. And remember their country was a prosperous nation. They were the third largest producer of oil in the world until Hugo Chavez took over. Yeah. And when he came in, he kicked out all the people that knew how to do the oil, kicked out the automotive companies that were American companies, by the way, kicked them out and let his cronies take over. It was Hugo Chavez who told the poor, look, the rich have had their day. It's your turn. If you have a house you want to go live in, go live in it. They can move. If mm -hmm. the rich can move, the rich have money. They can do, they can, they can go elsewhere. Take what you want from the rich. They've had their yeah. day. Yeah. And that's what happened. Wow. And the country is now, you know, the only people who are rich are, you know, Hugo Chavez and his relatives. You yeah. know, he's dead, but he has relatives that live all over the world with hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. And the nation is bankrupt. So now when somebody leaves their country, they won't accept them back. We yeah. cannot deport Venezuelans in the back to Venezuela. Yeah. They won't allow it. Now they already let them out of their prisons. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> They don't have a, a prison crowding problem in Venezuela because they're all on our border now. Right. Yeah. I think it's funny when people went, uh, you know, grocery shopping for fresh meat at the zoo, you know, yeah. and people were eating yeah. parrot. Hey, that's a colorful flower. How, I mean, a feather. Where'd you get that? That's <laughs> off your dinner. Dinner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's a, it's a failed, it's a failed system. And the, yes. the thing is though, that you just need to go back and study the principles put in place by Cloward and Piven about overwhelming the system. So the system breaks down so that you can replace the system with the system you want. And that's what's happening right now is, is the left is overloading the system that we have in place, a system, which by the way, works properly if it's not fraudulently overloaded, you know, 
it works properly. It's like it's like your car works the way it's supposed to work unless you abuse it. And when you <laughs> abuse it, then things start breaking down. <laughs> it's like dominoes. Everything starts falling. And that's what's happening in the United States today. The left knows that if they tip the dominoes just the right way, everything starts falling apart. I just and can't believe been, there's not a Democrat that has sanity to stand up and say, this is wrong what we're doing. You yeah. know? Where are, where are the sane people on that? Where are those people who believe in a lot of liberal policies, Mark, that can't stand up and say this is nuts? I think we have a crisis in America of people with no moral compass. Yeah. It's just what suits them and what's best for their personal self. And you just have to look at Atlanta right now with Fannie Willis and that whole yeah. situation going on right there. You have a you have a, a, a district attorney and the people around her. Someone who was elected into place. And the more we learn about this whole situation, the more the dirtier and nastier it gets because this guy, this this Wade guy that she's been involved with, turns out that he was involved with her campaign. He screened all the people in her office. They fired everybody and they all had to reapply and he had to approve everybody. He's been in the picture for a long time. Right. For a long time. And they've been lying to the court about it. The judge in this particular courtroom, he and his wife contributed to Fannie's campaign. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. That level of corruption, that level of of political incestuousness is going on everywhere. And there is no moral compass. It's all about what I can get out of this. And everybody on the other side of things owes me because insert your cause here. I mean, that's what it all amounts to. It, there is no honesty. There is no integrity. It's all, <clears throat> there is no moral yeah. compass. I just go back to that. I just remember the first time. I ended up in court um, over a tra traffic violation. Uh, I was doing, I was accused of doing 55 in a 35 mile an hour zone. Uh, I actually wasn't. I was actually doing this. I was behind a, a dump truck. I couldn't get around, uh, a cement truck, rather. I couldn't get yeah. around him. And, but I was young. I was uh, 17, just out of high school. Not even 18 yet. Get pulled over. Get kind of, I wasn't beaten, but a little roughed up by the highway patrolman wasn't in Alabama, in North Carolina. Mm. The long and short, long story short is I thought, you know, I'm going to go to court and I'm, I'm not taking this lying down. I'm going to speak. I'm going to tell them what happened. You know, here, the truth is my, the truth will save me. I don't need to put up with this lie. This is garbage. I mean, they accused me of driving under the of DUI speeding. And there were like three other charges attached to all this. And they were, it was all bogus. Mm. After they roughed me up that day, Mark, the day I got that ticket, the highway patrol, they took me back to my car. All right, now. <laughs> Let's let him drive drunk some more. <laughs> right. They took me back to my car. Anyway, so I'm thinking in my 17-year-old brain, I live in America, the greatest country in the history of mankind, blah, blah, blah. I will have my day in court. I will speak the truth. I don't need a lawyer to do that. I have mm. the truth. And so I went to court. And the highway patrolman got it. Well, first of all, the prosecutor said, hey, here's the nego. Here's what we'll do. Uh, plead guilty to this and uh, we'll take care. I'm like, no, I'm not guilty of any of this. I didn't do any of this. And he said, well, yeah, you did. It's right here in this ticket. I said, that ticket is, is not true. And anyway, I got it. So they put the trooper up on the stand, rips me a new one, lies. I mean, lies. And looking right, just, I was dumped. Mark, I, that was a day I, my soul partially crushed. You know, mm, yeah, it was all of the, uh, all the bad. I mean, I know it was small. It's, it's such a small thing now, but that day I just remember thinking, wow, he's lying. Mm -hmm. I was 17 years old. 
and this highway patrolman is lying on the stand after swearing an oath. I got up there, and I'm sure I was not. You know, I'm, I'm a little flippant on a good day, okay? I know that. <laughs> they shouldn't have had a microphone in the witness stand, Mark. That's all I can say. <laughs> microphone and an audience, okay. Not the time to be my best self. And You get on the witness stand, and the first thing you say is, hey, where are you from? Can yeah, I pretty much. <laughs> and... I laughed when he, the DA asked me a question. I laughed. And he said, oh, you think this is funny? And I said, because it's not true. I have it right here. Well, it's not true. And I just kept saying that. It, but that's not what happened. That's not true. And uh, I lost. Mm. And what I had to do. And I, anyway, the long story longer. They lied. I lost. And ever since then. I haven't trusted anybody mm. at that level. I, I, I like police for the most part. I've just seen too many times where they've done the wrong thing when they didn't have to. Yeah. I've also seen police abused when they were doing their job. When yeah. I'm going to tell you, when a police officer pulls you over, you are, have to, when you sign your driver's license, you're agreeing to several things. Mm. Uh, one of those is if you get pulled over and they say license and registration and proof of insurance, you have to give it to them. Because those are the things required to drive on city streets. Right. And uh, I've seen people be so despicable and disrespectful. And there's no need to be disrespectful. Just because there are some bad cops doesn't mean they all are. Probably 80% are great, great people. Of the other 20%, 10% are really bad. Mm. The other 10%, you could take in a fair fight anyway. But the 80%, <laughs> you know, the 80% of them, just like radio, look, with radio people, probably 60% are okay. Mm. 40%. Yeah might ought to be in jail, you know, yeah. just because yeah. they woke up. Yeah. But anyway, I say it just because that was a day I remember before I turned 18, before I was a legal adult, I saw the worst of the worst of mm. judges, prosecutors, and cops. Yeah. So when Fannie Willis does this to Donald Trump, it's no different than what happened to me. It's just a bigger scale. Yeah. Lie, lie, lie some more. Yeah. And by the way, now you're backed up by a political party. Yeah. That is supporting not just you, but they've stolen the presidency and they propped that up too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is why, which is why the, this Wade guy ended up a part of his billing was for consulting with the white house about this case. Yeah. He billed 24 hours of his time consulting with the white house. And it's like, it, write that in your book of stupid things. Right. Why, what? How can we? What? What? You're going to just tie us directly to them when what you did? What? Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. Wow. Back to the traffic thing. I've been through a similar thing myself uh, when Jane and I were dating and we got pulled over for reckless driving and playing in traffic. And when we're like, what? We just went and got <laughs> ice cream here. We just and we were driving a car that looked a lot like the car they were after is oh. what it was. Right. Oh, wow. And they, there were two cars weaving through traffic, one chasing another. And the cops pulled the first one in front over and then pulled us over. And the other guy went on past. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. Right. So, wow. and until the guy in the front said, no, that, I don't know those people. Wow. The, you know, and Jane was just, <laughs> she's just going nuts on the car. Oh, I bet she was. We're Christian people. We're what are we? Like, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 shh, shh, you're just going to get us in jail. Just stop. You know? <laughs> and we're, <laughs> and, uh, but the thing is that uh, if the guy in the first car hadn't said i don't know those people right. you know 
then the you know we would have been going through the same process trying to say it wasn't us it wasn't us right. well there is a solution for that today that wasn't available back then or when, when that happened to you and that's yeah. dash cams yep get a dash cam yeah i mean sir you may think i'm not going to spend over a hundred dollars to stick that thing i'm listen that hundred dollars is a great investment when somebody rear ends you oh, and yeah. slams you into somebody else it records wow. everything and you send a copy to your insurance company. You send it, if you end up in court, you can mm -hmm. submit it as evidence. It wasn't me. Right. And it, instead of it being your word against other people, you have evidence. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Oh. Get a dash Just cam. like, and by the way, I'm in favor of all police getting two things when they sign on the force. One, uh, bulletproof vest because they have to buy them in most jurisdictions, by the way. I don't know if you yeah. know that. Uh, the other one is I think they should all have cameras on their cars and you know, yeah. with the technology, the way it is, yeah. I think they Body should cameras. all have them. Yeah. It should be a priority. And, and the reason is there are bad people in all walks of life. And there was this one, oh, it's, you know, cause I like watching those shows, body cam cops mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. I used to watch cops to see if they were in my neighborhood and if they're knocking on my door. But you know, <laughs> once you get out of that, um, yeah, <laughs> there was the episode of the, uh, uh, the, it was in Florida and this young cop, um, pulled over a girl for drunk driving. Uh, well, didn't pull her over for drunk driving, pulled her over because she did something wrong on the road. And, you know, he had his dash cam that got the whole thing. And, you know, when he, he pulled her over, gave her a ticket and it was all right there on his dash cam. Well, the next day or day after she came into the police department and lodged a complaint against him and made several accusations of him being improper, inappropriate and improper. Mm. And, you know, this is a young cop married, just had his first child. And she's making accusations that would make an, uh, a wife leave you. Yeah. So they immediately the uh, call it. They, they you know we got to suspend you while we look into this. So they did. Thankfully, they had the dash cam and it showed, and they were able to bring her in. And they said, Are you, you know, we want you to before we move forward, want to give you a chance to would you state your case one more time. You know, did you add something you didn't need to add before? You know, do you want to move forward? They gave her three or four opportunities to stop. Mm -hmm. She dug deeper. And they said, well, okay, stand up. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> Anything you say, can't avoid Wow. And read her, yeah, and they booked her, you know. And wow. it was the dash can. That's all I could think of was that guy, you know. And, and his, I was thinking about that guy and his wife. I yeah. was thinking about her, you know, and and what would go to what would destroy them if there mm -hmm. wasn't a dash cam i wow and that's horrible so yeah anyway all right mark uh anyway. very quickly um yeah. there's a uh house democrats signal that they may not certify yeah the election if trump wins now we have known since impeach voted five was screamed for four years that if the liberals were gonna do that's this is the road they would take Mm -hmm. uh, to prevent Trump or anybody. Yeah. And they're going to do this thing is he's just the first guy to go through it with them. They will yeah. do it to anybody. Yeah. Well, you know what? He might've won the election, but he's not worthy. We will challenge it. He's not worth, you know why he's a racist. He's a homophobe. He is whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, senior house Democrats signaled on Friday 
that they may not certify the 2024 election results if former President Donald Trump wins. This is according to The Atlantic. During oral arguments earlier this month to consider a Colorado ruling finding Trump ineligible for the ballot under the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban, the Supreme Court did not appear persuaded that a single state should be able to remove him, though it's unclear whether the justices will address the eligibility eligibility question directly. Despite criticizing Republicans who voted against certifying President Joe Biden's victory in 2020, several senior Democrats who spoke to The Atlantic reportedly left open the possibility of not certifying a Trump 2024 victory if the Supreme Court does not quite does not clearly rule on his eligibility. A Democratic representative from California, Zoe Lofgren, told The Atlantic she believes Trump is clearly ineligible, but said the process of challenging it is very murky. She said there's no procedure per se for challenging on this basis, according to the outlet. By the way, I think it's interesting that these people say he's clearly ineligible. He's guilty of all these things. And he hasn't, he hasn't been charged. Convicted. He hasn't been charged. Yeah. He hasn't even been charged. Right. I, I'm they, glad you brought that up because I, I went the he hasn't been convicted. But yeah, he yeah. hasn't even been charged. Though. He hasn't even been yeah. charged. They put on a big show right. with the panel, you know, that investigation. They put on a big show and then destroyed all of the records yeah. afterwards. So you couldn't go look into it yourself. Yeah. But they, he hasn't even been charged. But they all they wanted was to be able to float that word insurrection out there and get it in the news and get it on people's minds. That's all they wanted so that they could call into question his eligibility, even though he hasn't been charged, not even charged. Um, Lofgren, nevertheless, said she might be among the legislators who would seek to disqualify him. Democratic South uh, Carolina Representative Jim Clyburn told The Atlantic he thinks Trump is an insurrectionist. Democratic California Representative Adam Schiff by the way, if he tells you he just sneezed, doubt his word, even if he did just sneeze. While noting he would not object if the Supreme Court rules Trump is eligible, told The Atlantic he didn't want to get into the chaos uh, hypothetical of the Supreme Court declining to answer. Quote, I'm going to follow the law. But actually, Eric Swalwell, he's another guy you can't trust for anything. Uh, Eric Swalwell told The Atlantic, I'm going to follow the law. I would not object out of protest of how the Supreme Court comes down. It would be it would be doing what I didn't like about the January 6 Republicans. Um, the attorney representing Colorado during oral arguments, Jason Murray, suggested to the justices that the issue may rise again in Congress if they don't make a clear determination. Quote, if this court concludes that Colorado did not have the authority to exclude President Trump from the presidential ballot on procedural grounds, I think it could come back with a vengeance because ultimately members of Congress would may have to make the, the determination after a presidential election if President Trump wins about whether or not he's disqualified from office and whether to count votes cast for him under the Electoral Count Reform Act. So essentially what they're all saying is that they would do exactly what Trump was encouraging the Republicans to do at the time. Right. Was to, no, don't certify this yet. We need to look further into what's going on. That's what he was. He was. That's all he was asking for. He said this. Mm -hmm. We see the funny business going on. We see what's happening. We see all these indicators of fraud. We need to look into it. That's all they, they were really asking for. And now they're talking about doing the exact same thing they want to crucify him for. And they're holding people in prison for illegally right now. Paper ballots. Yep. That's the only way. Yep. And, you know, there's uh, plenty of time to make that happen. Mark, you, me, and three other people. Uh, as long as the uh, three other people just sit there and listen and take notes, we could get this done today. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it would, it, we have a list of all the polling booths in America 
and you break it down county by county, you know, and you start there, you know, you just break it all down into eatable bites. That's all you have to do. And, uh, you're not counting 160 million votes in one room with three people. And, oh, well, anyway, I think that's the part that really does bother me the most is how we as a people have allowed ourselves to be lied to and have accepted certain mm-hmm. things as fact when they're not. And all I can tell you is this, if you believe that when a person is born, somebody assigns them a gender at birth, <laughs> I can't discuss anything with you because you're not going to listen to the truth. Right. But if you know that that's not the case, that you're born, you're not assigned to gender at birth. You are born a, as a male or female. Oh, goodness. Yes, I know there are chan- there are a few exceptions to that rule, but I just mm. it boggles my mind, Mark. It yeah, really does. It does. That yeah. no matter where we go, here we are, right back at the beginning. And those are the people that actually have positions of control in our country. Remember the bald headed dude that dressed like a girl and said he was, you know, yeah. he, he's a we're criminal. Stealing people's but, luggage at yeah, airports. Yeah, he's just a criminal. It's a criminal. Non-binary. That's what with a non-binary. He's a he's a guy with a mental issue. He has a yes. mental problem. Yeah. And, and so does our uh, our the guy in charge. Oh, the I just lost the title in my head. Uh-oh, Long sorry. hair guy. He's in charge of all the medical stuff in the country. The Surgeon General, our Surgeon oh. General. He's also a mental case. <laughs> a guy who a guy who pretends to be a woman dresses like a woman. Right. And but it's a dude. It's a guy. It's a guy. You just need to go back and watch Crocodile Dundee and that bar scene. You'll see where we're going. Have a great day. Bye. We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.